tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 113. Well, if you're like me, it's your thoughts that you think that trip you up more often than not. Even as a lifelong Christian, I'm ashamed to admit that too often I allow my thoughts to dictate my peace, to dismantle my joy. And the longer I allow those thoughts to run wild, well, I can tell you, the longer I live in emotional and mental chaos. But you guys, there's a better way. And in today's episode, my friend Kelly Ballari shows us how to take those thoughts captive. Oh, I always love having my sweet friend Kelly with me in the living room. Welcome, my friend. Hello, Joanna. I like I'm doing an inner cheer right now. Like, yay, I get to be with Joanna. Like, this is a good day when we get to be together. I agree. It's always the highlight. And we've been playing phone tag. So this is extra, extra sweet. But the best part is we get to talk about your new book, Take Every Thought Captive. And oh my goodness, I, I, I was thinking before we got on today that if there was a theme to even our relationship and what God has used to help us encourage one another, it probably kind of follows the message of this book. Why, why is this message so important and especially now? Oh my goodness, Joanna. Well, I just have to, listen, I'm going to clue all you listeners in. I remember one of the first times I talked with Joanna on the phone, she was like, Kelly, I'm going to pray for you. And it was something going on in my mind, you know? Mm -hmm. It's the mental warfare that gets to us. But when Joanna prayed, it was so powerful. So I just love what she's releasing here on this podcast. But it's the war in our mind, Joanna, right? It's it's that thought, I'm not enough. I'm too much. You know, God's not going to show up. His word's not true. I can't really trust him. Um, And for me, I will say what really sparked this whole book to come about is um, I had this time where, and I'm not sure if it was hormones or something. There was something off, Joanna. I was like, (laughs) I was turning mean towards my family. Like I would spend time with God in the morning, but then I got cranky in the afternoon and we went to one specific church. It was a new church. We went there and in my mind... I was condemning and criticizing the pastor. I was judging all the people around me. I don't even think I was listening to the message. I was more sizing it up. And I thought inside my heart, okay, who am I? Like, what am Mm. I doing right now? I look all righteous on the outside, but I'm full of hypocrisy and wickedness on the inside. And isn't that what Jesus said Mm. about the Pharisees? And so there's this big gap, right? Between what the word says and what we project to the world and who we really are in our mind. And many of us know who we are in our mind and we think, oh, God can't bless that. Oh, Mm. God's not for that. And so we actually hold ourselves back because we believe that that gap, right, is a great hindrance to what God wants to do Mm. in our lives. And so this book is really about not just professing the word of God, but possessing it. It, in our mind and in our heart, which is the wellspring of all that we do and all that we say in life. And so that's the genesis of it, Joanna. Wow. Wow. Well, what I hear you saying is I was doing all the right things. I was in the Word, 
but there was somehow a disconnect. And I think that's really important to point out because sometimes we assume that we get tripped up when we're not doing the right things. But I think it's important to understand, oh my goodness, Satan's going to get us coming or going. We might be walking close with the Lord and yet our behavior's not matching. You know, so I appreciate you sharing that. What was the wake-up call for you? So basically, it was an Easter Sunday. We went to that church, and I was so upset. I was cranky at my family. I got in the car. I was mean and rude, okay? And this is – and how you said it, Joanna, is exactly right because here I am. I'm the blogger. I'm the three-time author. I'm the one who spends blank hours with the Lord every morning. I'm the one who's doing the videos and proclaiming the Bible verses. I'm the one who, you know, are is getting invited into church. And yet, this perf- this amazing, glorious Christian girl is struggling inside of her mind. I think there comes a point where it's like, no, uh, Kelly. Like you need to see the reality that you're acting like a hypocrite, but that also Jesus's grace is so big and that I'm just a sheep in the sheep pen with everyone else. I'm just a daughter and the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And so I just came in this book, Joanna, just to say, Jesus, like, I need to know the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to know your truth about me. I don't need to pretend. I don't need to be anyone other than who you've created me to be. I just need to say, hey, I'm in need of your word. Jesus, you save and you still save. Jesus, you redeem and you still redeem. I'm more in in need of a savior than I ever have been. And I want your truth to not just ring true through my mouth, but through to make that 18 inch conversion from mind to heart and really ring true in my heart. And I think um, coming in that humility has really helped me to seize the word of God and soak it into my spirit, Joanna. Right, right. Well, I keep thinking of that verse where, you know, the Pharisees did everything right. And yet Jesus said, you're just whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. And every time Jesus even got close to the dead men bones, that really offended them. And so when God comes and he points something that isn't right, and I, I've, all, I've always thought that, you know, I can clean up on the outside pretty good. But this heart attitude where those subconscious thoughts that I don't even necessarily know I'm having, I yes. need to constantly ask for the spotlight of heaven. So as you begin to realize, okay, wait a minute, the outside and the inside are not matching up. What was the first thing? What is the first thing that we should do? I think it's saying, am I really taking God's word as his word, right? Like, Mm. is his word my word? Or is his word my thoughts? Are Jesus's ways my ways? Sometimes I think we can get so familiar with God's word. Like Joanna, my children will say to me like, I'll, I'll be like, okay, let's read the Bible and I'll flip open to the woman at the well. And, you know, they've watched all the veggie tales or whatever there right, is on all these right. Bible stories. You know, I put this stuff on for them and they're like, mommy, I already know this story. And I'm like, mm. I'm like, but do you know the story? Yeah. Do you really know the story? Are you living the story? Mm. Are you talking the story? Are you going into the city and proclaiming Jesus? Are you, and I'm not saying this to be like, make us feel bad. 
I'm saying this to call us to a higher level because the reality is it says in 1 Corinthians 8 2, people who think they know so much don't really know anything at all. And I think <laughs> our greater knowing comes when we realize we don't even know. And yeah. then we can begin to really know God's truth once and for all. So what did that look like for me? It began to look like, Kelly, my carnal mind, it says in Romans 8, is thought, is, is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. But it also says in Romans 8 that I have been given a, a mind of the Spirit. And it says specifically that I have been given in Romans the mind of Christ, yeah. the mind of Christ. And so God doesn't even need my human reasoning, my human doubts about myself, about who I am, about what he'll do. He just needs me to let go of my mind and to receive the mind of Christ where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom and the truth will set me free. And so there's this grand opportunity to go through the process of taking our thoughts captive. And in that, we find freedom from our own self, from our own right. hindrances, from our own holdbacks, from our own arrogance, from our own doubts, from our own destruction, from our own sin. Right, right. Well, and and it's like I I think sometimes we know that we read you know Second Corinthians ten four through five take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of Christ. But sometimes Kelly, can I just tell you, I take ca thoughts captive and then I'm captivated by the thought. <laughs> you know, like how do we how do we take those thoughts captive and acknowledge where it's off? Um, and, and yet like tap into the mind of Christ. Cause can, can I just be honest? I'm a pastor's wife, like, and I've heard this for years and it's so true. It's true. But there's a lot of us are like, but how Kelly? And that's what yeah. I love about you. Cause you are very practical. So walk us through even the situation you were in where you just found yourself critical and you found yeah. yourself, you know, kind of getting a little too, a little judgmental and all of that. How did you yeah. begin to take that captive and change how you were thinking? Well, Joanna, in the book, I go through, I think there's eight or 10 of the most common lies that women are believing, and we take each of those captives. Mm. Uh, but what I also do is lay out, because what you said about being practical and applicable, that's like my big thing. I love entertaining books, but sometimes I close them and I'm like, what did I get from this? You know, I want right. to give the readers like, like tangible life change, right? Something right. that looks different in their life. And so I have laid out as well as provided worksheets for everyone to go through their own story on the process. There's a start and a stop methodology to taking thoughts captive. Okay. So for instance, with my thought, right, it's kind of like I know better than other people or, um, they're not doing it right this critical yeah. spirit, right? And so I capture that thought first, right? I know better, okay? Mm. And that this is part of the stop process. And then I determine who's speaking. Is this God? Is this my flesh? Or is this the enemy, okay? Yeah. And yeah. so in this case of judging other people, well, we know the enemy is the accuser, right? right? So I can have a little clue in my mind that, yes, this could be sourced from the enemy. It also could be partially my flesh, which wants to feel better than I am or exalt myself. And when I feel better than others, I can feel better, more better about myself. So just recognizing those dynamics, right? Right. And then understanding intent, Right. The devil, what is his intent in trying to make, draw me into this? This is all part of the stop process. 
What is his intent? His intent is to make me judge people so much so that I don't have relationship with yeah. people. That could be one way that the, the enemy would use this against me, right? And so recognizing where would that lead me five years or 10 years down the road? I could be in isolation. Right. I could be so arrogant that I don't have anyone around me. These are mm-hmm. some things that just seeing the reality of what it is that the enemy is trying to create in our lives. So this is the stop process. And then I go through a whole methodology on how do you submit to the, the, the mind of Christ? What does that look like? What is truth? Where might there be unlocked doors in your life? Things that have ushered in this belief in the past that have mm. really created a stronghold because our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty for the pulling down a stronghold. So we want to get into the nitty gritty of our own story and identify where those strongholds are. We want to repent and renounce and pray, go a new way, and then set up proactively. How can we walk away from this thought in the future? Now, I know, Joanna, it sounds like there's so much to this process, but on itakethoughtscaptive.com, I have written a whole worksheet down Mm. that people can work through these. And coupled with the book, it becomes very easy. And the more you do it, the more natural it becomes, just like anything else in life. And so this is a real biblical process that has set me free in many different ways. And I know that it's going to set so many other women free as well, which makes my heart so happy. Yes, yes. And I love that you're identifying the main objections, right? The main places where we get tripped up because I think if we looked if we looked at a lot of our unchristlike behavior, it probably comes down to some of those lies that we've believed or those I like how the ESV puts it, those lofty opinions that we've yes. exalted against the knowledge of God. And so I'm, I love how practical that is. You know, I was just thinking too, you know, a lot of times even I've had to ask the Lord, okay, wait a minute, especially when I find myself just kind of in the same pattern over and over. Sometimes I have to go, okay, what's really going on? What lies beneath that? Maybe it's a wound, you know, maybe maybe it's I'm going to reject people before they reject me. Or like you said, I need to feel better about myself, so I, I need to nitpick them. I, you know, I remember being so, um, so disappointed in my husband that it nearly destroyed our marriage. Um, and wouldn't you know that just life and John's own fallenness and the enemy would just set up set up things to reinforce my lofty opinion, right? <laughs> that if he was just this and he was just that, then I could be happy. And I really had to just go, you know what, God? I've I gotta stop looking at him. Show me my heart. What 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 do you want to do in me? Because boy, if we can start taking responsibility, I think that's the thing that's hard. I've always thought that my thoughts are just reactions to bad situations that or feelings for, about bad situations, not really realizing that it's my thoughts about the situations that's causing the bad feeling. So how, have, how do we navigate even recognizing, because a lot of us, I can almost hear that, yeah, yeah, Kelly, but it's true. It's true. How do we pull down even the true things that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God? Joanna, I love your vulnerability with your husband. And I think anybody who's married has probably been in similar shoes where it's like, this is a real 
issue. And I just, first of all, acknowledge real issues for what they are because people who are listening today are going through real issues. There's real job problems. There is real marriage problems. There are real relationship problems. And there are things that are not even caused from what it is that you're doing. Okay. And so we just first acknowledge that. That's good. And what I have to say is that we have a blank slate in our mind, right? And so Mm. much of what we think, and I think sometimes, right, we think our emotions drive our thoughts, but the reality is our thoughts can drive our emotions if we just take our thoughts captive. And we take our thoughts captive, we can drive our emotions, right? So say I'm in a difficult situation with my husband, right? And it's maybe even something, I'm just using this as a pretend example, Um, although it can be real too. Um, But I have the ability to say, okay, Philippians, I am going to focus on what is true, good, Mm. noble, and of good report, right? Right. I have the ability here to believe the best and hope the best, as it says in scripture, because love never fails. So it's about, right, I have every right that I could go into bitterness and be upset and be angry, but does that benefit me? There are some things that, you know, we are permissible, right. but not all things are beneficial. And so here's the power. When I can move from over there to, oh, it's him, he's doing this, he's doing that, right? And then harness my mind to say, God, how can I show love? Because you say love never fails. I'm going to think good thoughts. I'm going to pray good thoughts. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. And that welcomes in a move of God because love does not fail, right? So we have power to harness where we're looking. And the other thing that I would say, Joanna, is this. Friends, if you are looking and you're like, it's other people's problems. It's because of everything that's happened to me. I'm upset at the world. I feel angry. Nothing ever works out for me. I just want to encourage you that you are a prime candidate to find newfound joy and peace in Christ Jesus, peace that guards both your heart and your mind. This is the perfect book for you because there are such levels of freedom in life that you can step into even just by getting out of some of those negative thoughts. And I, I hesitate to use negative. I'll say unbiblical thoughts. Right. Although they're they're valid. Many times they're valid, but I'm just yeah. saying there's a higher calling. There's a higher way. And that's available to you. And you can benefit greatly from this book. Yeah. Because really when you think about it, staying stuck in the circumstance, you know, he calls us to heavenly places with him. And I've been thinking about that. Sometimes I live life under the circumstances, but he wants to give me a different perspective and a heavenly point of view. And then all of a sudden I'm I'm not like fatalistic. Well, it's never going to change. Or, well, we tried and it, it didn't work. Or I I tried to be different. I tried to love, but that man, you know, and just go, no, I, no, no, I'm not going to wait for someone else to do the right thing to get right before the Lord. And it's so freeing because honestly, a lot of our frustration and even our thoughts are waiting for other people to change or the circumstance to change and to realize, wait a minute, I can actually have a different thought about this situation than the one I'm currently having. And so I love your book because it gives us those tools. Like, how do I look at what is, you know, because I think so many times we we stop at, you know, Philippians 4, 8, whatsoever things are true. And we're like, oh, it's true, honey. It's true. <laughs> 
And it's like, no, 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 keep going. (laughs) Keep going. Because though it might be true, it is not beyond God's power to help you right where you are in the middle of your pain. And I I so appreciate you acknowledging, because man, there are there are some tough things that people are facing right now. Huge. And and I think that's one of the challenges, Kelly, is we're like, are you asking me to deny reality? You know, is this just wishful thinking? I mean, how do I how do I handle the dissonance of this is what's going on, but you're asking me to say this or think this about it? How do we manage that dissonance? Well, first of all, Joanna, I love what you said because, right, there is a reality of what you see in the natural. But I just want to remind everyone that we serve a supernatural God. And this is not pretend. It's not fake. It's not just, you know, cliched words. It's firm reality. And I could share so many stories of supernatural God. I I just want to point out 1 Corinthians 11, 16. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. And so I think what has literally blown my own natural mind and brought me into the spirit mind, Joanna, is is realizing like, no, it's not my understanding of these things. Like if I come into, right, children of God are led by the spirit of God. If I come into Holy Spirit's view and I get God's view through the word or through really Mm -hmm. discerning what he is speaking to me, right? He says in Ephesians, do not act thoughtlessly, but discern what the Lord would Mm -hmm. have you do. I sometimes realize that there is this whole other view to which he is moving and what he is doing and how he is transforming and what he is building that I could not even see before. And so there's this whole other thing that's available to us. And I think it comes down to, right, he says in also Ephesians 3.18 that we would have the power um, to be strong and apprehend and grasp with the saints. What is the depth and the heights and the lengths and the widths of his love that we would come to know through experience the love of Christ so that we may be filled to the fullness of God. And this is what I'm talking about. There is more available to us and it is the infilling of the Holy Spirit so much so that our mind is saturated, our heart is saturated, and our heart and mind is transformed. We with unveiled faces behold the glory of the Lord, and we then are filled with Christ himself Mm. so that the fruits of the Spirit come out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And it's not a work of Kelly Blari. This is a transforming work by accessing the mind of Christ. And I realize this might sound a little bit nebulous, but as you go through, take every thought captive or the word of God and just yield your mind to this. Right. Things that were completely unclear, places in your life where there's confusion, places where you have doubt, suddenly the word of God becomes your word and you're a living testimony of Jesus, not with pretense, not with fakeness like I was operating before, but with the fullness Mm. of Christ himself working in and through you. I love that. I love that. And and I think that's, you're basically, you're saying, I, I choose not to let this reality define the true reality of what God says. You know, I was just trying to look up the verse where, I think it's in Romans where it says, Abraham faced facts. He hoped against hope. He faced the facts. He wasn't in denial. 
He saw the reality of his situation, but he still chose to exalt God and what God had promised. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's not part of it. I was just thinking as you were talking, um, at least as I look at my own faith journey, sometimes I look at the big mountain that you know, I'm looking at my facts and they seem so insurmountable that it's hard for me to begin to choose a different thought about it. But I'm wondering if we even started in small ways, right? Have different thoughts about those small things and begin practicing like replacing that. What is what is one of the things, what is one of the thoughts that you have had to just continually replace on a regular basis? I think Joanna... I get a little bit afraid in my house. I get a little bit afraid that I'm going to let people down Mm. or are my family members really going to be okay? Because I grew up the oldest of six kids and I really took care of all my family members, right? And so, um, but I will say that as we understand things through, there's this word gnosko in the Bible Mm. and it's actually used here in Ephesians 3 and it's about experientially knowing God. It's about experientially perceiving who he is. And I remember one time we were riding up in the mountains of North Carolina and literally we lost control of the car for a second. It went off and it looked like we were going to go off a mountain. Okay. Wow. It was bad. And, but somehow we didn't. And my husband looked at me and the kids and was like, angels were there protecting us. (laughs) Yeah. And my kids, right out of the mouth of babes, they're like, wow, now we really know God really does protect us. And there really are angels out there that do protect. The experience of the word of God, which says Psalm 91, right? Like he will give his angels charge over you. It came through experience to say, now we know. That's good. Now we know. And so I think for me, Joanna, with that fear of like my family, you know, I've had to go off the, you know, where Peter jumped out of the boat and he had to walk on water. Like I've had to step off the dime board. I know you know about this sister. And, and to be like, God, I'm going to risk it to, to know, to personally know that you are going to show up for me in this. And as I've moved out in those levels of faith by yielding to the mind of Christ and seeing from different Mm. angles, I've begun to really know far more. I mean, I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. 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 Like hundred percent there. I'm not some superwoman, not at all. You know, yeah, me either. (laughs) Right. No, no, but I've come, I'm coming to know that right. I really can believe his word at his word, like a handshake deal, you know, like mm. he's like, I give you my word. And yeah. it's like that, like he's given me his word far more than it has been in the past. I love that you bring up that whole experience thing, because sometimes I think we try to, we kind of go, well, it just, it says it in the word, so I should believe it. But it is this beautiful relationship and he wants to prove himself faithful. And sometimes I think even just going back and remembering his faithfulness, you you were faithful there. You're going to be faithful here. Thought, I reject you. You know that, because I don't know about you, but it's so weird here walking with the Lord for so many years. And yet there are moments and situations when something happens where it's like I suddenly become a Christian atheist. You know, I, I believe that I believe in God, but I don't actually believe he exists. And I think I'm, it's all up to me, right? right? And so it's reminding ourselves of what is true. 
that I think is so good. It's so good. What would you say to that girl who says, but Kelly, I don't really know what the Bible says. And, and I know I should, but I haven't, I just, you, you talk about all of this and you've got, you seem so rich in God's word, but how do, where do I even start? Because I don't feel like I've got the word to replace the lies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want to encourage you because how I even started knowing the word was just diving into the word, right? It's just, the Lord is so cool. He will meet you in his word and it discerns your thoughts and your heart and it wants to get up all inside of you and mess with you. It's just really (laughs) cool. Um, And so I want to just say like, Google is your friend. Who cares? You don't need to know everything. Like just begin somewhere and just take one verse. I've heard so many people, two people actually, not so many, two, um, who have powerful testimonies with, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. One of them actually had uh, post-traumatic stress and he just began to take that one verse, one verse, and to every time fear came out, which how many times, I mean, so much Mm -hmm. of this stuff, even the the common lies that women believe that I share and take every thought captive, a lot of it's based on fear. A lot of it's based on fear. So just to take that scripture and to begin with memorizing it and to start applying it. No, I walk with power, love, and a sound mind, you know, and just to own it mm. is it's just a great first step or yeah. you can start with psalm 91 or wherever and just begin to own one verse but don't That's be discouraged so you don't need to be some superhero power woman jesus met do you know jesus met women all over the bible the woman at the well what did she know you know right. the, these people that women jesus met and delivered them they didn't come knowing all about the bible they just came in need so just mm. come with a need and and a hunger and he, he you know he says that he will those who hunger and thirst for righteousness he'll fill so you just yeah. come as you are he yeah. loves you so much Oh, that's so powerful. In fact, I think sometimes, honestly, it can be a benefit not to have too much head knowledge. Yes. Because then all of a sudden we have to make it happen. But when we say, Holy Spirit, would you bring to remembrance what I need for this moment, uh, the truth that I need to counteract this lie? And I love that you brought that up about, um, you know, he's not given us a spirit of fear. Because I, I think so many times when when we are we have fear attack or something happens and um, and we just spin out. You know, I'm just learning to invite the Lord into the situation rather than thinking, oh, I've got I've got to have I gotta take this captive. But it's like, Lord, help me. I don't want to go. I know where that thought's going and it's nowhere good. Yes. So Lord, would you help me? like almost have an update to my operating system, right? Like on my phone to where like, I'm no longer just reacting and responding like I used to. And again, we want to, I think it's so important that we emphasize this. Yes, we take captive every thought, but we bring it to Christ. We bring it to Christ. We're not like trying to figure it out ourselves. And we bring it to him and we say, Lord, help me. You, you, you're, you are truth, Rewire my mind. Yes, because it is the truth that sets us free. It is the truth that sets us free. And I think also I'm just feeling like a word of wisdom or, or encouragement to those listening. Also, one of the most powerful things that you can do when it comes to your mind, right? Because 
the other day, I'll just use this as an example. The other day I left my, this is horrible. Oh my gosh, it was bad. My husband opens up the window and he's like, Kelly. It's like, you know, that moment where you're like, oh no, something really bad happened. I was like, what did I do? You know, what I do now? Um, he's like, it's horrible. I was like, what? He's like, you left the sunroof open to the car. I'm telling you what, our sunroof is not a little one. It's a big one on the car. And all the electrical stuff is like on the surface level, like right, like horizontal mm. to the sunroof. And so I was thinking, oh my gosh, God, like resurrection, like please let my car work. <laughs> Praise God, he answered my prayer. I was amazed. It turned on, the whole thing could have been blown. But uh, this is what I have to say. What we let into our mind matters, mm. yeah. okay? And so many yeah. of us are fighting a war on the defense where right. if we just move on to offense, right? Like we're in God's word, you're mm -hmm. using the sword of the mm -hmm. spirit, we're moving with power, we're praying, we're armed up, we're Ephesians 6, you know, with the full armor of God. But also we're aware, what am I letting into my mind, yeah. right? Like we can't let all, we can't leave our sunroof open. Like, am I listening to things that are, uh, am I listening to shows or music that's making me feel afraid? That's right. polluting my mind. Like just having wisdom, like what am I looking at social media and what effect is that leaving on my heart? Is it leaving me mm -hmm. feeling bitter, angry, jealous, envious, yeah. right? And just starting even there to say, I'm going to start to walk in wisdom as to mm -hmm. what I'm looking at and what I'm letting into my eye gates and my ear gates and what's consuming and circulating my mind can be a massive first right. step towards be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the, your mind that you then, this is the amazing part. After this, we can discern the good yeah. and the perfect and pleasing will of God. Is that not amazing? That yeah. we can actually have an understanding through just even doing that of what God would want us to do in our lives, it's pretty huge. Amen. Amen. And you know, one of the things that has helped renew my mind is especially when I am struggling in a certain area to do a topical word study in scripture. You know, uh, fear has been one of the things that I battled early on and just doing, just going to to Google or to the back of your Bible, to the concordance, and just beginning to do a study on that. And then as those came, because I memorized that verse, you have not given me a spirit of fear. Um, you know, the other one was that uh, I will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. And sometimes when I feel my imagination or my fear, you know, just taking my imagination, just even sometimes I'll even say, here, boy, here, boy, stay. <laughs> you know, like, give out here. There is no life there. And I, I, that has also been powerful. Like, again, with the lies that we believe, uh, also even being saying, Holy Spirit, what is my weak place that mm -hmm. I need to guard? I need to be aware of. And um, mine was self-pity. Oh my goodness. Slippery slope. And I, I was so tired of living up and down by, you know, what people did or didn't do and poor me and I'm not appreciated, all the junk. And, uh, and the Lord just kind of put his finger on that. Like he put his finger on your thing. And, um, and I said, Lord, I don't want to walk there. Would you let there be a holy stench? Like a holy mm. stench that when, because it all, whatever your slippery slope is, it comes camouflage. It rarely comes knocking on the door with a name tag. But, we, you know, even just saying, Lord, what is, what is the thing that always pulls me into despair? 
And would you let there be a holy stench? So that's really helped me because then then I don't even have to take it captive. I'm just like, shut the door, not even entertaining you because, yeah, not going to even entertain it. You're so good with these one-liners because I know that I'm... I'm 99% sure that I put in when you and I were on a prayer call today together, you said, sometimes you just got to say to your flesh, die, sucker, die. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true. Oh, my word. We are dead to sin and alive to Christ. It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. So literally, we don't have to be alive to all the internal mayhem. We are not our sin. We are not our problems. We are not our emotions. We are not what people have done to us. We're not what happened in the past. We're not what people said about us. We are the, 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 the hope of all glory. Christ is in us. Yes. Yes. And that's the mind of Christ. Anyway, I loved it when you said that. It was like, Ding! Die, <laughs> sucker! Right. Die, flesh! <laughs> That's right. Never miss an opportunity for a good crucifixion. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> Oh, I love this. Well, we could go so deep, but I hope people will pick up the book. Where can they find you and all the good stuff that you're doing online? Yes. Well, I have tried. I always love being thoughtful of people that might be going through financial concerns. So I have a whole bunch of like prayers and I am statements and a take every thought captive assessment on itakethoughtscaptive.com. And that's all free. Awesome. The, the book is available on Amazon or wherever books are found. Um, in there, you will get the whole methodology for taking thoughts captive where you can work through your own personal thoughts and yeah. also just lay a groundwork for what God wants to do in your life, as well as discover a lot of the common uh, lies and thoughts that the enemy tries to breed in women. Listen, it's, it's common to man, you know, it's, it's, you're not bad, you know, it's a real war. And so you can find that on Amazon and I blog at purposefulfaith.com and love speaking at churches and uh, just doing the Lord's work. So that's, that's me, Joanna. Yes, it is you, Kelly Valari. I love your heart so much. Well, oh my goodness, so much, so many ways we could go, but I would love to end this time just by taking it all to the Lord and having you pray for us. Because I think, you know, I was, as you were talking about that scripture, I, you know, I've died, died to the flesh. I'm alive in Christ. And, and I know it's so true, but I also know that it was a shock to me when I discovered that it was my flesh was still very much alive and that that is part of the battle, but we don't have to stay there. And I, I just want you guys, I hope you've heard that in our discussion is, yes, we're going to have these thoughts, but these thoughts don't have to have us. They don't have to have us. So would you pray over us, Kelly? God, I just thank you that we have a good father. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come to us as counselor Mm. and you teach us and you guide us and you're revealing Christ Jesus to us, sanctifying us and empowering us and filling us. God, thank you that we are not left alone. Jesus said, you said that you were going, but you've given us a counselor. And God, wherever right now, um, sisters, or even if there's any brothers on here need encouragement to their heart, I just pray that you as comforter, Holy Spirit, would come and comfort. 
God, thank you that there is hope for every person. I don't care how bad the situation is, how deep the pit, how impossible it seems, Mm. Lord God. You say that your word is as a hammer and a fire, God. That hammer can break down any construct that is keeping people in torment in their mind, and it can burn any lie of the enemy. And so I ask Holy Spirit, that you would come and set people free, even right now, people who are in prisons, that they would see this is not as bad as the enemy has been telling it is. I'm not as discouraged as I once thought I was. I can walk out of this prison. The door is open. Mm. And I just declare where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the truth shall set my brothers and sisters free. I bless them to know not only the Savior who saves us for eternity, but the Savior who saves us even today, that they would see his saving work even today in Jesus's mighty and holy and glorious and all-powerful name. Amen. 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 Oh, that was beautiful. You know, as you were praying, I, I just had this picture of someone that's just like, they're like neck deep in a groove. <laughs> Maybe it's even over their head because that there's been this one thought that has been repeated so often that they live in that thought. And to think of climbing out of that thought, to think of diff- thinking even differently seems so impossible. But I almost just felt like the Lord said, if they'll just invite me even there, it's I could almost see like he was, without them even realizing, he was building up underneath. He was filling up that groove to lift them out of that lie so that they can walk on beautiful level ground. And so I just want to encourage you guys, just invite Jesus even to into all of this. Don't let this be a message that is, I've got to figure it out. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Let's let Jesus yeah. transform us by the renewing of our minds. You've probably heard the saying, you are what you eat. Well, in my opinion, there's a much truer statement than that. You are what you think. I hope you found practical tools in our conversation today. You'll find links to Kelly's books in the show notes, but I hope you'll check out our free material over at itakeeverythoughtcaptive.com. You know, I think a lot of our thought battle really stems from the fact we don't truly trust God. If you haven't got a copy of my book, Embracing Trust, The Art of Letting Go and Holding On to a Forever Faithful God, you can sign up for a free chapter over at embracingtrust.com. You'll also find information about a 10-week video study that I created to go with the book. It's great for small groups or Bible studies, but you can also do it yourself. Just use the code word TRUST to get 20% off both options. Well, until next time, sweet friend. Let's keep our thoughts and our minds centered around Jesus. For as we keep our focus on Him, He'll help us live and love and lead like He always intended us to do, free of fear and full of faith, no longer tormented by tormenting thoughts.